Okay, not much to add uh, from what I, my observations about the last game at, at the uh, post-game press conference. You know, we played well, uh, did what we needed to do. Offense, defense, special teams, very solid. A lot of uh, great individual performances, starting with Zach Moss. And so uh, it was good to go down and, and get a win on the road in Arizona, just like I said, we needed to do. And uh, now we turn all our attention to Colorado. Uh, senior night for us, senior late afternoon, I guess it would be. We got uh, about 16, 16 or 17 seniors that we're going to say goodbye to that have, that have done uh, so much for this program and uh, been so instrumental to, to uh, any success that we've had. Um, Colorado's coming off a couple game uh, win streak. You know, they've, they've had uh, Stanford and Washington back to back, got uh, two nice wins, especially against the Huskies uh, a couple days ago. Uh, they're starting to play better. Uh, they had a rough spot there in the middle of the season, but but uh, have played better, at least in the last two ball games. Uh, they got uh, a lot of weapons, quarterbacks playing well. The receiver is a, a big time talent, uh, Chenault. And uh, they got two receivers with over 50 catches, and uh, Chenault being one of them. And uh, we got, uh, you know, we got to be ready to play, just like always. Uh, they're obviously motivated uh, ball implications for them, and we've got our own implications that we're we're dealing with. And so, two motivated teams should be squaring off on uh, Saturday late afternoon. So, questions. Coach, uh, looking at Brant Keith, these last couple of games, he's had over 200 receiving yards for you. He's also had a couple rushing touchdowns. What's really key to his emergence as, as such a dynamic offensive playmaker, especially late in the season? Yeah, he's just starting to come into his own. I don't know if there's any one thing he's doing differently. Uh, he's just uh, been open, and, and Tyler's done a good job of finding him. And when he does get the ball in his hand, he's been dynamic with the ball and, and making plays. And you know, he's always been athletic. He's not, uh, you know, nothing's changed in that regard. But uh, he's a he's a guy that uh, is a weapon for us right now. And, and like you mentioned, the last two games, he's really started to emerge and and don't have any great answer for that other than he's talented and talent usually rises to the surface at some point. Could you speak to how difficult it is to go through undefeated in nine conference games and reiterate your call to have all the major conferences play the same number of conference games? Yeah, no change on my stance in that as far as that goes. Uh, you know, nine conference games. And again, it doesn't really matter what the number is as long as the whole country's in the same boat. And I think that's where it needs to be equitable and it needs to be uniform because there's so much at stake. There's so much at stake with the way the playoffs are structured right now that it uh, it's just not a level playing field when when you have a different amount of conference games and and so that's been my stance uh, you know for the last few years and can't do anything about it really I mean the you know the schedules are or the uh, contracts and so forth or or uh, go years out I guess but but uh, it would be nice for at some point in the near future to uh, if we can to get the, that. You know, ironed out so everybody's playing the same amount of conference games, which again levels the playing field. Or, go ahead. How hard, how hard it is to actually go undefeated through nine games? Oh, it is. Yeah, it's very difficult, especially in a conference like the Pac-12, where it's very balanced and you got you got a lot of depth in this league. And so it just, uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough task. And I guess when's the last time somebody did it? I don't know. So, you know, thought maybe Oregon would have got it done this year, slipped up Saturday night. So I can't remember when the last time a team went through. Uh, Undefeated uh, through conference play. I'm sure Kurt knows, but I don't know. 
you always uh, talk about the guys have to improve and people have to get better. Looking over the course of the season, which position group has improved the most in your mind? Oh, good question. Uh, probably offensive line. You know, we started out with three new faces in there, and uh, or at least two and a half, I guess you could say. And so it was uh, a situation where it took a few weeks for them to come together and start to gel. And uh, you know that's a, a position that requires time together. You know those five guys working in in, in sync with each other is is something that does take time. So I would say that uh, you know going into the season with. Uh, you know, with the with the experience we had at, at various positions, I would say that the offensive line is the one that has uh, made the most progress. Kyle, what are the challenges going into a regular season finale that has implications? I know you did it like in 04 and 08, and then um, the slip up in 11 to Colorado, and then last year you had to get up to, to go to the championship. Just what are the challenges there, and do you do anything different? Nothing different. I'd say it's the same as every week. You know, there's, there's no uh, change in preparation. From week to week, unless there's a short week or a long week, you know the the time frame could could alter things. But as far as a Saturday to Saturday contest, there really is no difference in the way we structure things, the way we prepare. Our mindset is all consistent, and I think that's how you need to be. You need to be consistent, and and uh, otherwise the players, you know, why are we doing this this week but not another week? I mean, you can't. You know, every game's important. Every game has the same value. And so, you know, this game wouldn't be as important if we'd have slipped up somewhere earlier. So every game is is uh, equally important. Kyle, obviously you hope every recruiting class hits, but what was it about this year's seniors that have been here for four years looking back now that maybe helped kind of shift the landscape for this program? Well, first of all, the talent level. We got a bunch of really good players in this senior class. And, uh, you know, two years ago, when you look at the roster, you could see it coming that this was going to be a year where where uh, there's going to be a lot of talent on the field and a lot of a lot of uh, key players, uh, assuming or barring you know injury or early departures, which fortunately didn't happen for us. And so uh, it was just you could see it coming. And these guys, and just because you see it coming or you think you have some potential or a chance, doesn't mean it always happens. And these guys have made it happen. And their their work ethic, their leadership, their approach to the game. Uh, is it's all come together, and it's been a special season so far. Still got work to do, but so far, it's been uh, it's been very enjoyable. Uh, with Damari's punt returns the other night, was that maybe the first game this season that either team had a decisive edge in special teams? I think so. I think that's an accurate statement. We have a goal sheet. Uh, for uh, special teams, we have a goal sheet for offense and defense as well. But special teams, there's 10 goals that we try to hit. And we figure if we hit seven of them, that's a, a dominating performance. And we hit eight of those goals for the first time. It was, our, it was the, uh, the the most goals we've attained special teams-wise all season long. And you're right, we finally got something going in the punt return game, which was great to see. And the follow-up to that is you've, special teams have been such a huge component of your success over the years. But maybe this year, your offense is so good that that's less true. Uh, the offense has been a huge part of our success this year. I will say that. And I will also say that as, as much as I hate to say it, special teams' uh, impact has been a little bit diminished by the rule changes. You know, the kickoff and kickoff return is essentially 
out of the game almost completely and, and maybe out of the game completely in the next few years. And so that's, you know, that was uh, two of the four main functions as far as punt return, punt, kickoff return, kickoff. You know, we put, we lumps uh, the, K, the PAT field goal and field goal block in a little bit different category. But uh, with the rule changes, it has had a uh, impact on the game and made special teams not quite as impactful as it once was. Kyle, Jalen Johnson hasn't been shy about planning to leave after three years. Is, is there a plan to maybe honor him Saturday as well, even though he's not a senior? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have something, and, and I've got to have a discussion with Jalen again, and make sure we're doing it what you know the way he wants it done, and and uh, we fully uh, are on board if if that's the decision he ultimately sticks with. That was uh, something we talked about during the recruiting process. It's no surprise, and uh, you talk about a guy that laid out a plan and laid out some goals and and uh, really achieved every one of them. That's that's Jalen. He's a he's a guy that's very organized and knows what he wants. With Brian probably out with injury, I mean, do you How have? How do you know? I'm just guessing. I'm okay. Just guessing. But right. <laughs> I mean, you obviously have the info. But uh, if he doesn't go, is there any any other receivers, maybe redshirt guys that you could put in there that that may make an impact or have some some time in there? Well, if you've noticed, we've got Devon Vele, who's been back in action for the last uh, couple games, that uh, is back in the mix and is still redshirting, but still has games left before he reaches that threshold. Covey, we've talked about, still in redshirt mode. That's not, as we've said before, absolutely set in stone. It, it's very unlikely that he'll make a, a reappearance. But uh, to answer your question, no, we got uh, you know eight other really good receivers that have been in the rotation that uh, if Brian is not available, we'll pick up the slack. Coach. Checking your messages, Mike? Yeah. OK. Anything interesting? All right. Gotcha. Coach, uh, Mel Tucker, Colorado's coach, said when he got hired that he wanted to establish kind of a physical defensive identity with, with his team. And they have picked it up the last few games. And, and you've faced quite a few opponents this year in the Pac-12 that have that physical defensive identity. Do you see that as becoming more of a trend throughout the conference, kind of like how the wide open offense was a few years back? Yeah, we'll see. I think time will tell. I don't have a crystal ball to, to give you a great answer, but but they certainly have been really good on defense the last couple of weeks. Uh, be, they've uh, added some more exotic pressure uh, packages than what they had earlier in the season, and uh, they've played very well uh, in those two wins. And so I'm not sure if that's going to be a trend or not. I guess time will tell. Don't have a great answer there. Coach, the uh, the two fourth and ones that didn't uh, that didn't work. Did you identify what went wrong there? Is there any uh, concern with short yardages going forward? Uh, no major concern. It's disappointing. That was one of the low lights of the game. You know, we talk about the positives, and there's always negatives to correct. And, and the fourth and short, you know, twice being denied. Uh, the penalties would be another one. You had too many penalties in that game, so we certainly address all that. But but uh, we had uh, a little. A spatial problem with the pullers on one of the fourth downs, and we didn't uh, didn't execute it very well. It was the one in the field to play, and then the one uh, in the goal line area. You know, they just made a nice play. I mean, credit them for making a play, but but uh, wouldn't you know? We're not second guessing ourselves. I mean, we felt like that was definitely the the right calls to go for it. It just didn't work out for us, and and uh, you know, the second half. Or the, excuse me, the end of the first half, people say, "Well, the clock management." I mean, we got all four snaps off. It was it was first and goal. And we got all four snaps off, and so I think you know we were in the huddle a little bit longer than we anticipated on one of them. We, we'd like to have maybe eight or ten seconds left on third down instead of six seconds. That was the one uh, 
error that would, that uh, we should have corrected. But but uh, otherwise, uh, like I said, no no change in our philosophy or what we would have done. Just didn't execute as well as we should have. And, and credit uh, Arizona for making the plays on both those stops. With the success of the season and the number of seniors, this has an opportunity to be a prolonged emotional pregame senior ceremony. How will you address to make sure that the players have their emotions in check so when it's game time, they're ready to go? Yeah, that's a good question, and we uh, don't plan on on uh, changing from our format that we've had for a lot of years. It takes about six or eight minutes to get through the seniors and, and honor them, and then we just stay out on the field for the kickoff. So it does alter the pregame uh, mechanics a little bit, but... but uh, I don't think in years past it's ever been a problem. And, and uh, like I said, we're going to use the same routine this year, even though uh, there's some really, really good players. we got good players graduating every year, but we seem to have an abundance of them this year. So just hope that uh, people stay on an even keel and don't uh, get too emotional. And I don't believe they will. I think that we'll be all right. There's been a lot of, you know, it's kind of become an almost a cliche talking point with the media and some fans about the late starts and how bad they are and how bad they are. Uh, for the club and the national perception. It seems like Utah and Oregon have been getting a lot of 2 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock, ABC, ESPN, Fox stuff. Do you hear from recruits in Texas and Florida? Do you notice a difference in recruiting? Do not. I've never had anybody say uh, anything commenting on kickoff times at all, you know, recruiting-wise. It's just... Uh, you know, most of them, most all of them, the ones that are very interested, watch it. You know, regardless of what time it's on. And and uh, while it's fresh on my mind, I'd like to have a a little shout out to our fans to please arrive early. You know, going back to Senior Day, and make sure those those stands are full for when those seniors get introduced prior to kickoff. And I know I didn't want to change the subject on you, but but I think it's important that uh, if we can get the people in the stands and honor those seniors the right way that'll be a big plus for us and a, a boost for them but uh, as far as kickoffs back to your original question no I've never had a an instance where somebody's complained about that or said no nah, I was on too late so I couldn't stay up and watch it none of that has ever ever occurred and we're not on a ton of guys in the eastern time zone you know central time zone more so than the eastern but but uh, yeah I just wondered if it's, a, if it's a, it is what it is kind of thing, but is it odd that season you What had? isn't what it is? I know, exactly. Yeah. I know you love that. Crazy. I love it, yeah. It's, it's so but realizing the season you've had, is what are your thoughts on the fact that it's really come down to the last game before you can even lock up the Pac-12 South, considering all the things your team's accomplished? It's yeah, kinda... it speaks to the competitiveness of the league, and... Uh, you know, it has been a, a very good season so far, but we're not... We're not uh, losing focus I mean, we got more work ahead of us we know that and not not just this game that's the only game we're focusing on right now but there's there's things that uh, we got to take care of and so uh, but I think it just you know speaks to the the, the balance and the the uh, depth you know one through 12 this conference has and then the second question rushing defense you, you guys held them under another team under 100 again you just mm -hmm. talk about and it looks like you got another challenge this week but yeah, that's where it all starts for us on, on defense is, is taking away the run or stopping the run. And and uh, we've got a team that does a pretty good job running the ball this week, over 150 a game. I think it's 157. Uh, tailback that's been pretty productive. He's fourth or fifth in the league rushing. And so that's got to be our MO. That doesn't change week to week unless, like I said, a rarity, Washington State or somebody that throws it 70 times a game, which is not, not very often. Is this senior class kind of emblematic of how you want to recruit the entire footprint of this program? Looking I would at say, yeah. I think it's uh, very in line with that. And uh, you know, if we could have 
you know, six plus senior bowl invites and all the things that are going on every year, that would be spectacular. So that's our goal. And is there a senior in this class that maybe exceeded expectations from the time he came on mm. campus to where he is now? I'm sure there is. I'd have to have the list in front of me. But uh, there's guys, Lucky Fotu has come from a guy that didn't know much about football to where he is today. Um, some guys came really good already. You know, Jalen Johnson was really good the second he stepped. Not that Lucky wasn't, but he just was raw. And so if I went through, me and you can get together in private and look at that list and we'll, we'll talk about it. So. Uh, again, on the quest to win the South, you, you said that night in the Coliseum, you told your players that it wasn't over. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, would you have realized it would literally take eight straight wins to do that? <laughs> there was a good inclination of that. Uh, but, uh, you know, like, like we've said all year long, you just worry about what's in front of you and, and uh, just have some confidence that uh, the league is competitive enough that, that uh, you know, a one-loss record in conference was, was probably going to be good enough. Speaking of Colorado's offense, what what or how is Chenault maybe different than maybe some of the other receivers you faced this year? Uh, he's uh, tremendous after the catch. He's he's a great runner. You know, one, some receivers after they catch the ball, there's not much there, and they, you know, get a few yards here and there. But he is explosive after the catch, and really like a running back. When he after he makes a reception, he turns into a running back, and he could probably play running back. I mean, that's how talented he is. And if that's where he wanted to be and, and what he wanted to focus on, he's got the size and the talent to do that. But that that's what really stands out at, uh, with him is is his his run after catch ability. He's very dangerous. Coach, you uh, mentioned penalties earlier. You had a lot early in the season, then you went way down to almost nothing, and then the last two games have been up again. How much of a concern, if any, is that to you right now? Well, it's a concern, but as I always say, you're looking for that you know, all penalties are not created equal. Some are just ignorant and unexcusable and, and should never have occurred, while others are just acts of being aggressive and, and maybe not quite using the technique, the exact technique you're looking for. And so, uh, you know, we certainly were penalized too much in this last game and we'll, we'll address it, but uh, we don't want to curb aggression. You want to be aggressive as a football team and, and uh, you don't want to uh, lose that. Who does Montez kind of compare to in the league as far as his skill set? Well, he's more of a pocket guy. He's certainly capable of running the ball, but uh, he's more of a, a big uh, stand-in-the-pocket guy like uh, maybe the Washington QB or, or Oregon's QB, those bigger frame, you know, six foot four or five and 225, 30 pounds. So he's, he's a big kid, uh, can run, but they don't utilize a lot of QB runs with him, very few, if any. Uh, there's a QB draw here and there, and he'll pull the ball on his own read on occasion. But as far as Q counter and the, and the typical Q runs that you see, uh, oftentimes in spread, that's not, not their deal. Not that your team has had any issues overlooking, but is the Oregon loss another good reminder to this team that anything can happen in this conference? I think it is. I think it's a, a, another illustration of what can happen in this league if you're not ready to play and you're not completely focused. And I'm not accusing Oregon of not being ready to play, but you better be ready to play each and every week. Did you talk with Tyler, or, or maybe it was Andy? He carried the ball 18 times against USC. He's only carried it 29 in seven games since then. It seems right. like a real turning point in the way he plays. Part of that is his health. You know, he was uh, banged up for a good portion of that stretch since SC. But uh, the other part was by design, and Andy and Tyler talked. It was mainly Andy and Tyler and, and making sure. And plus, it's not only the 
you know, Tyler's mindset, it's the uh, the play calling. You know, Andy's tailored the play calling to to reduce that load. And you saw Jason Shelley pick up some of that load in some of our games. And so uh, I guess the answer is yes, there's been conversation with Tyler to, uh, to not uh, be as eager to run. And then also in the play calling, which puts him out of harm's way. And also due to his, uh, his limited mobility certain weeks. Good to roll? Okay. Thank you, guys. We'll see you Saturday.